This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, June 6, 2023. Many of you probably realize that June 6 is a pretty special date in history. It was 79 years ago today, world, during World War II, that the United States and its military allies hit the beaches of Normandy, the Normandy Landing. Yeah, it was June 6, 1944. I thought it was 42, but 44 was the date. Uh, it was a Navy and airborne operation uh, uh, against uh, German-controlled beaches of Normandy, France. The military was named Operation, the military attack was named Operation Overlord. And, of course, we refer to it now as D-Day, D-Day. It was the largest seaborne invasion in history, and it began, began the liberation of France, or later Western Europe, and laid the foundations of the Allied victory over Nazi Germany on the Western Front. Now, planning for the operation began in 1943. Nearly 160,000 troops crossed the English Channel on D-Day, and a lot of Americans lost their lives that day. It was... Uh, it's, you know, a great day to remember because it's history and a sad day to remember because of so many deaths. Now, to understand how we have become what we are today, it's important to recognize the historical events that shaped our future. A lot of people are trying to rewrite history one way or another. We don't need to do that. We shouldn't be doing that. We need to look at history with clear and open eyes. We have a great history. I'm proud of our history. So I think everybody should be proud of our history, everybody that lives in the United States. And, you know, we wouldn't have so many people clamoring to come and immigrate to the United States if we didn't have a great country and a great history. So there. Okay, now with that said, I'm Steve Peasley, and I am here today to help you become a better investor, if I can. And I do that with your help. I'll give you data, i give you perspective, i give you information, but it's with your help. And we've done this for over 20 years, okay, on the radio show. 23, 24 years on doing this show. And we still are going to continue to do it. I see no reason to stop. Okay, and we've used all those years and our investment experience to help you. We want to help you. And I'm going to blend today's comments with you and your calls and your questions. Remember, you get to drive the show. The topic of selection is all up to you. Okay, you can drive it. I have things I want to get to, but, you know, you come first. So you set the table, okay, here on Invest Talk and on our podcast. Um, we don't have a hidden agenda. We work very hard to give you unbiased guidance, and we'll continue to do that today. But, of course, you've got to help us. I encourage you to... Ignore your emotions, focus on the task at hand, refrain from chasing returns, 
and paying too much close attention to the headlines, those things aren't necessarily helpful. They really aren't. Avoid the temptation of fear and greed, which could drive your decision-making process, which you do not want. And, of course, your questions are what I want you to do. I want you to ask questions. And the number is 888-99-CHART. That's our Invest Talk phone line. 888-99-CHART. And it's always open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. My focus point, focus point today, how the dot-com and tech bubbles compare. Okay? So we're going to look at that as our main talking issue Time permitting, I'll also get into some other topics. How about the uh, SEC sues Coinbase continuing their crypto pressure? Cryptocurrency, crypto exchanges, pressure from the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission, which we all, well, I've talked about it for a long time, that it's coming. And it's just going to get worse for the cryptocurrency industry. It's going to get you know, until they get full, uh, full U.S. government control with rules and regulations. Goldman Sachs says odds of recession have been cut. They don't. That's down to twenty-five percent, according to them. And the World Bank downgrades world economic growth pretty significantly from about six months ago. Pretty significantly. So we'll talk about those are three main things I would like to get to if I can. But you know, we'll see if we can. Never know. The market was up today, not by much. Uh, the Dow was up 10, the NASDAQ up 47, and the SP was up 10. So that's pretty meek as far as a market move. Okay, let's go ahead and start with our first caller. Let's go to Eric in New Jersey. Hi, Eric. Hi, Steve. How you doing? I'm good, and I thank you for the call. Thank you. I, I first wanted to say that uh, your sentiment regarding D-Day and uh, our veterans was, was spot on. I agree with every word you said. Um, I really I, I appreciate that uh, shout-out on uh, especially you know, the anniversary of, of uh, D-Day. Uh, I, so I, thank yeah, you for that. You're welcome, man. You know, I have a very dear uh, uh, niece who's married to a military person he was a uh uh he was a ranger in the mm-hmm. army and he got hurt and had, was had to get out but you know i learned from him what dedication it takes to become a military person so you know and my dad yeah. wasn't yeah, retired from the navy special breed yep it takes it takes a lot of courage for sure anyways i'm I, yeah <laughs> appreciate the call do and thank you for the sentiment eric really of course. So uh, my, my question today, Steve, is regarding a 457B plan that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a police officer in New Jersey, and I've been on for about 11 years. i got a, a quite a few more years to go before I retire, so um, I could, I guess, afford to be, to be riskier with that uh, account. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the reason I'm calling is uh, for about the last year or so, I've been uh, paying into a, a fixed account that's getting me 3.75%. Mm-hmm. a year uh, due to all the volatility and everything with the market, and I didn't really want to be losing money. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, just seemed, seemed like a, a, a sound uh, idea at the time. And I'm thinking about uh, getting back in, and I was just speaking with my uh, advisor who runs the account through MetLife, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to decide uh, kind of what I want to do 
with that account, whether I want to get back in the market entirely mm-hmm. with um, what I have, which is like 68000 at this point, okay. uh, 20000 of which is all profit, whether I want to go back in entirely or just take what I have as profit, put that back in the market or stay in the fixed account and just take my 3.75% and ride out any perhaps volatility or, or if we are in right. you know, a, a bubble, the tech bubble, AI bubble, that's going to pop at some point. Can I ask you, what, uh, so what, gonna, does, what are you invested in? I know it's a fixed income, but what kind? What, what is it? Is it bonds? Is it a money market fund? What is it? it it's like a money market, okay. uh, more or less. Yeah. Okay. So my answer would be different if you'd said anything but a money market. If you said it was some type of bond fund, short-term, mid-term, or long-term bond fund, I would suggest that don't get out of it quickly. Get out of it slowly because I think interest rates are peaking. I think we'll have one, maybe one more increase, maybe maybe two, but I don't think so. But but then mm-hmm. uh, we'll have a long period of flat, and then the next move will be down interest rates moving down. And when that happens, mm-hmm. bond funds go up in value, so you get your 3.7 plus capital appreciation. But money market fund probably won't do that. So my answer is, I think you should start teasing back into the market. Um, okay. I wouldn't dump all the money in it right away. I would dollar cost average probably through the 68000 and by maybe the end of the year, the beginning of next year, have all that 68000 in the market, and I would diversify it in market cap, small, mid, and large cap. I would diversify it, but don't do it. Don't do it all at one time, though. Okay, Ernest. I, I'm sorry, so Eric. I appreciate it. Okay, let's go to. Uh, we're go- oh, we're gonna have to take a quick break. Okay, we have time. Ernest in California. Thank you for holding on. Hey, hello. Hi, Ernest. Go ahead. Hey, I was wondering about Lockheed Martin and Boeing, those uh, defense, defense stocks. Would you recommend looking into them, into buying some? Uh, both are very solid companies, okay? Very big, very solid companies. Uh, I think they could be part of any well-diversified portfolio. I also think that it might be a, a tough time to get into them still, because um, you know the milit- they're going to spend more money on military. I think the uh, recent debt resolution also said that more money is going to be spent on on uh, defense spending. So from that point of view, uh, I think okay, Boeing's selling at two hundred seven. They're going to make five dollars and sixty cents next year after losing money this year. Last year. they've lost money for like four or five years in a row. And next year, they're finally going to make some money at $5.60. Sales growth is in- increasing recently, probably because of military spending. But it's still pretty expensive at a stock of $207 a share and only going to make $5.60. So it's not inexpensive. For me, I wouldn't be buying them because Boeing's not cheap. It's expensive. No matter how fast they grow, I mean, that the P.E., you know, is really, really, really high. We're talking about a 40, 40, 50 PE, and I, I'm not comfortable with spending that much on a on a company like Boeing. So I'd probably stay away from it. I'd look elsewhere. Ernest, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. 
Okay, my focus point looks at the story behind the headline, How the Dot-Com and Tech Bubbles Compare. A look at how investors can spot signs that the funds are growing riskier, maybe the first signs of a bubble that you got to be wary of. You you don't want to buy into bubbles. Okay, so how do you do that? One of the easiest way is, like I've just analyzed this stock, Boeing, and I told you it was too expensive. Well, if you get a group of stocks in the market, a certain sector to get super out of line as far as expense is concerned, I guarantee you there's a bubble. And the most obvious one in history, and no one thought it was obvious at the time, was the dot-com bubble. I remember receiving calls in late 1999 and early 2000. Remember, the dot-com bubble burst in March of 2000. Uh, saying, no, everybody's calling me about all these dot-com companies. And we were saying, Jerry Klein at the time, my mentor, and uh, we were saying, no, they're too expensive, too expensive, too expensive. And we got a lot of feedback negatively thinking we didn't know what we were doing because of dot-com, every dot-com was going up and up and up. But there was no earnings, no business plan, no, they didn't even have sales, they had clicks, People coming to the website, to the various dot-com websites, and they were counting that as, see, it's a new dynamic. No, numbers matter, earnings matter, sales matter, and now the question is, how much is something worth when you look at its earnings and its sales? It's worth a certain amount of money. Historically, those things sell at a certain amount of money per share. And when you get it out of whack, like a dot-com or a tech bubble, you know that that's going to end. Now, what I can tell you is when will it end, but it always ends, and it always ends badly, badly. Stay away from any hint of a sector being bubblish, being too expensive for its fundamentals. And that means that a sector that is underpriced or generally underpriced and usually carries a low P.E., when it carries a market P, it's overpriced. That could be a bubble. Market P is 15, by the way. So if you're looking at a sector that's usually carrying a P historically of 10 and it now moves to 15, you know that that sector is now overpriced. Even though you would tell me and people would come to me and say, well, it's selling only at you know the long-term average of the market, a 15 price earnings ratio. So you just, you got, it's not, it, you have to understand and be aware of what you're looking at. Okay, we're headed into a break. Justin and I are happy to play your recorded voice bank questions, but we really, really, really would love to hear your live calls. Our number never changes. It's always the same. 888-99-CHART. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there... Take strategy, discipline, and the right information. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin. I'm calling today about Secret Symbol CCJ, Comico Corporation. It's a uranium company. I've held this for about two years now. I'm up a good amount, like 30, 30-ish percent. I'm wondering what you think about the company 
PE is a little high, but the chart looks good to me. You can take a look and um, let me know what you think as well as the sector. Thank you. Bye. Okay, this is CCJ, which is a chemical, and this is a Canadian company engaged exploration, refining, and, and conversion of uranium in the United States, Canada, and Kazakhstan. Um, so I, I like that part of the company. Uh, I think that this industry, uranium, nuclear power, I think it's going to come back. Uh, we've been thinking that for a while. I think we get a little bit early in our thinking. And the stock is peaking right at $30.60. It got as high as $31.29 uh, back in uh, the September period of 2000. What's that, 2000? So some time ago. Uh, so now it's back to that high. I think the chart is looking fairly healthy at this point. So I agree with you on that. It's going to make $0.70 cents this year after making $0.33 cents a share last year. And next year, it's scheduled to make $1.25. And sales in the most recent quarter were up 73%. So I'm, I'm having some good feelings about this stock going forward. Because, you know, with the advent of the EV revolution that we're having, electricity has to come from somewhere. And it's not going to come from wind or solar in uh, and, and enough enough to make a difference because you're talking about millions upon millions of electric vehicles out there that need electricity and that's got to come from somewhere and i think the most likely path will be nuclear power and i have i don't know if you've seen this but they have now you know their nuclear power is either fission or fusion we use fission which produces a lot of byproduct and that's you know a lot of um, dangerous radiation. But fusion looks like the future. I don't know how many years we're away from it, but they just recently, um, recently when I say that, within the last year, uh, figured out how uh, they actually fused two atoms together, which produced a lot of power and no, no byproducts. I think that's going to be a huge... Future. Also, just recently, there was a satellite that produced electricity and was able to generate that electricity and pass it on to Earth. That's also a new technology out there that looks like it's working. So these are pretty exciting times. I won't probably be around when that when these things come to fruition, but pretty exciting. Let's go to Sammy in San Francisco. Hi, Sammy. Uh, hi, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Thank you. I have a question for the stick, uh, ticker symbol SHOP, Shopify. We'd like to uh-huh. know your thoughts on a good entry point. Okay. Shopify provides cloud-based commerce platforms for small, medium-sized businesses via subscription and merchant solution. It's a huge $80 billion company, and this is where my worry is. It's not the company. Shopify is a great place, a uh, great company. They're making money. I think they got lots of growth ahead of them. They're growing 25-plus percent in sales every quarter. They're going to make $0.33 cents a share this year and $0.54 cents a share next year. Nothing wrong with the company, but the price of the stock scares me. It's $63, $63.66. It, was, it got as low in the, low tw- the mid-20s, uh, not that long ago, September of last year. And that's when it looked like a great place to buy, and it's been doing very well. The chart is showing me it's going higher. 
okay? And the high, its high was about $150 a share. And that was December, December 2021. I'm pretty sure it's going back there. But for me, it, it's so expensive that I would probably not chase it at this point. I'd like to see some weakness in the stock and then buy it on, on that because I do think it has a great future. I really do. The chart looks like it's going higher, though. It really does. So you could buy some here, Sammy, and it wouldn't hurt my feelings knowing we're overpaying for it. Okay, I mean, the forward P is like 195 Okay, so you're way overpaying for it, but I do like the company. I do like its fundamentals. It's just too expensive. Sammy, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278, everybody. That's our number. Love to talk to you. We want to discuss whatever's on your mind. If it's financial, we'll go there, okay? So the SEC sues uh, Coinbase. Crypto is under pressure, everybody. The SEC says Coinbase, which is the largest uh, crypto exchange, cryptocurrency exchange, violated security laws by acting as an exchange, a broker, and a clearing agent without registering as the a broker or cleared agent or an exchange. you got to register. So that, in addition to already suing Binance for mishandling and misleading customers, which was another you know, Bitcoin uh, cryptocurrency issue, very dangerous, everybody. Be very careful. It's Trivia Tuesday, everybody, so let's get to it. Today is a special day in history when you consider that the outcome of World War II essentially set the stage for the next 70-plus years of economic dynamics, including making the United States a world's preeminent power. What happened on the beaches of France on D-Day on June of 1944? That sets events in motion. That set the events in motion. And still is impactful even today. So as we go to break, here's my multi-part trivia question. For the naval operation on D-Day invasion, how many navies provided vessels? I mean warships, landing craft, etc. And only one woman landed with the troops during the Normandy invasion. She was married to a world-famous figure. What was her name? I'll give you the answer right after the break. My Vestal phone line is open, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24 7. Don't forget to call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Okay, before the break, I gave you a trivia question. For the naval operation on D-Day, on the D-Day invasion, how many navies provided vessels? And I mean warships, landing craft, et cetera, that kind of stuff. And only one woman landed with the troops during the Normandy invasion. She was married to a world-famous figure. What was her name? You're going to find this very interesting, I think. I did. Okay, first, the Navy statistics. The Allied invasion fleet was drawn from eight different navies, eight. A total of 6,939 vessels were involved, almost 7,000 vessels. 1,213 were warships, 4,126 landing craft of various types, 736 auxiliary craft, and 864 merchant vessels. Now, the majority of D-Day invasion invasion fleet was supplied by the United Kingdom. They provided 892 warships. Remember, there's 1,213 warships total. And the England provided 892 of them. So that's quite quite a large percentage. In total, there were 195,700 naval personnel, and 52,889 of them were American. Okay. Now, in 1944, Martha Gilhorn was the war and travel writer. She was 36. She was a a war and travel writer. She was 36 years old and married to Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. Now, if you haven't read any of his books, there's something wrong with you. My favorite is The Old Man and the Sea, for some reason. I don't know why it's my favorite. And it's a short book, and you need to read it. Okay? It's very... Very good. In June 1944, Gellhorn applied to the British government for press accreditation to report on the Normandy landings. Gellhorn's application, like those of all female journalists, was denied. Lacking official press credentials, she posed as a nurse and was allowed onto a hospital ship. Two days later, the hospital ship landed on the D-Day beaches and Gellhorn acted as a, as a stretcher bearer. Martha Gilhorn was the only woman to land on Normandy on D-Day, June 6, 1944. The only woman. By the way, Martha Gilhorn was among the first journalists to report from the Dachau concentration camp after it was liberated by U.S. troops in, in uh, April of that uh, in April of 1944. Okay. So, how did the outcome of World War II shape our monetary system? Well, the Bretton Woods Conference was the gathering of 730 delegates from all 44 allied nations. It was held in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, USA. Its objective was to regulate international monetary and financial order after the conclusion of World War II. The conference was held from July 1st to the 22nd of 1944. Agreements were signed that after legislative ratification by member governments established, among other things, the International Monetary Fund, IMF. This led to what was called the Bretton Woods System for International Commerce and Financial Relations. Very important. 
extremely important in international trade and cha- exchange of uh, and products. Buying something foreign, how does we buy something foreign? How do we pay for it? How does the system work? That came from out of that. Started right from the Brenton Woods conference. Okay, that's enough of that. 888-99-CHARTERS, a number. I'd love to hear from you. Hello, Talk. Had a question about 401k allocation. I work for Kroger, and uh, I'm limited with the options as far as what I can contribute to. So you know, there's an S&P fund. There's a, a fund where there's some small, mid, and large-cap stocks in the U.S., a foreign fund, and then a bond fund in Kroger as an option. So those are my five options. And uh, I'm 27, and I have about a 10% position in Kroger. The rest uh, spread out between the options I just listed. My question is, if, uh, if these are my options, is Kroger something that you would think would be um, good to have a 10% bigger, smaller contribution? Uh, like I said, I'm 27 and plan on staying with them for uh, for a while. So I was just curious to see what you thought of that company and that allocation. I'm looking forward to the answer on the podcast. Thanks as always, guys. Bye. Kroger is a grocery grocery store company, and they are very slow growth, not a lot of profits. No grocery company does make a lot of money, and you're not going to make a big return on that. So don't, uh, don't, definitely don't increase it. I would probably decrease it. Um, I don't know if you get free shares or something or whatever. They give you a discount. I don't know about those things. If they did, then okay. But I, I don't think it's a long-term that great of a place to invest your money. You're only 27, so I'd split the money up between small, mid, and large-cap funds. Okay, uh, I would put a third, third, third if at 27 years old, so I can have exposure to small cap and mid cap, where you get most of your growth long-term. And the large cap S and P gives you some stability, but being in the stock market is risky. But being 27, you have decades to keep your money invested, and therefore you will do much better spreading it out in those three sectors than just than this being uh, having Kroger. All right, you know, if you buy one, like if you buy, put all your money in the small cap, way, way volatile. That's very volatile. You might make a lot of money, but you could also lose a lot of money, and it might be you know, at the very wrong time that you can afford to lose it when you're approach, approaching retirement. So I'd spread it out, Okay. Thanks for the call. Good call. Bill, San Rafael. Hi, Bill. Hey, Steve. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Good. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, tech question for you. I've been watching Palo Alto Networks for a while, maybe uh, thinking about making adding a position to my balanced portfolio of stocks. Just wanted to ask your opinion on what you think about the stock at this price levels, and would you uh, take a nibble at it? The company is a very good company. Palo Alto Networks, everybody, provides network security infrastructure products for enterprises, services providers, and government entities. It's a $68 billion company, very large. Uh, the, the price is the problem in my mind. It's really expensive. We're looking at a Ford P of about 51, and the average for the last five years is 26 to 99. So it's you know, kind of in the middle of there. So it's not cheap. Sales growth is fantastic, about 25% a quarter every quarter. Um, they don't pay a dividend. They're going to make $4.37 next year, 22% more than this year. And this year is a 40% more than last year. So the, you can't argue that the fundamentals are very strong on the company. 
Return on equity is really high, 190%, which is very good. And cash flow is really high at 13.47%. So, $13.47. So, the question is, is how much is too much to pay for a stock? And this stock just recently broke out on a chart. It broke out. And when a stock breaks out, that's when you should probably be buyer. Now, I think it's going to come back down to the low 200s because that's where it was for months before it broke out. But it broke out for a reason. It broke out for a reason because it's really healthy. The growth and sales were healthy. Everything's healthy about a company. For me, it's too expensive. But if you really wanted to get in, I'd buy some now and buy the rest of my position when it pull back. That's what I would do. Just know that you're overpaying for the company. But it might justify that overpayment for years to come. Then again, it might, you know, might fall down to the $150 level that it's been at not that long ago. So it's a volatile and high-risk play. Just realize that, okay? Appreciate the call. And that was uh, Palo Alto Networks, P-A-N-W. It's a symbol. Well, Justin Klein and I have been telling you for a while now that we are in a new market environment. Cycles change. Everything changes. And we're in, uh, you know, we are still in our, you know, it feels like a bear market because only certain huge companies are leading the pack of the market this year. And so it feels like it's, we're still in a bear market because it's not a broad-based movement up for the year. It's not. It's very narrow. So I think serious investors understand that and understand what I'm saying, that the risks are still pretty high. But at some point, you know what I've said, when the, the, the environment will change, cycles change. Right now we're in a rising interest rate environment, and I think we're getting to the end of that cycle. When that changes, things will change. What will benefit? What cycles are going to, what sectors are going to lead us out of this kind of malaise for the rest of the market? And that's the difficult part, right? And if you have, if you need help, that's what KPP Financial is for. That's what our firm is for. We have, we, we have a philosophy of independent thinking, shared success. We implement that by, uh, giving you unbiased guidance and investing in the same things with our own money as we do for our clients. We put our mouth where our money is, our money where our mouth is, and that's how we do it. So I encourage you to take advantage of our free portfolio review assessment. You can do it via telephone, Skype, or go to meetings. You know, we, all you do is go to invest.com and send us a message, send us an email. It's very simple. Or you can call our offices in Irvine, California. You can give us a call, KPP Financial. Now, after speaking with us for a little while, I think you understand how we're different. We're very straightforward people, and we will always be that way. We'd like to match up your risk, your personal risk tolerance with the risk you're taking in your portfolio, and we'll tell you if it doesn't match up and why. So give us a shot. Give us a call. We'll help you. We want to help you. Let us help you. Love to do it. Next up will be Gene. So hang on, Gene. You'll be next on Invest Talk 888 99Chart. In today's world, a variety of factors are affecting the stock markets. Serious investors know building a secure financial future requires hard work and determination. That's why now, more than ever, when it comes to the planning, execution, and maintenance of your portfolio, you need Invest Talk. 
Invest Talk is a free download. Your participation makes it unique. Don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99 chart. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Gene in Las Vegas. Hi Gene. Steve, how we doing? I am doing very well. Thank you very much. All right. So let me just say, let's just start off by saying we love you just as much as we love Justin. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And and that goes for Luke, too. So my reason for calling today is um, I have a question, and I've been a longtime listener, and this is something that um, is new to me, and I have not heard it on your guys' podcast as of five, six years. So um, I'm calling in regards to ticker KGC, Ken Ross Gold. Yes. And I have a notification in my brokerage account, and it it, it has a symbol. It says FPSL. And from my research, that, that definition describes fully paid security lending. Oh, uh uh-huh. And this is the first time I've dealt with that in my brokerage account. So I was just curious if you guys could kind of touch up on that a little bit for us. Well, it sounds like someone shorted the stock, okay? And uh, fully secured, uh, uh, fully secured something lending, security lending, fully, is that what it said? Fully secured security lending? Correct. Fully paid security lending. Fully paid security lending. Uh, it sounds like, and I'm not sure, by the way, I, I, I'm not sure about this also, because it could be just for, you know, uh, something something specific for that brokerage. What firm are we talking about that you, your, who's the custodian of your of your funds, of your stocks? Uh, it, 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 it would be Apex Holding, Webull. Okay. So it sounds like, they're lending it out. Someone is shorting the stock, and you're you signed a, a brokerage uh, contract when you sign up, which is very common. Most people do it to allow your brokerage firm to lend out the stock. So someone borrowed the stock to sell it short, and they're telling you they're fully secured. In other words, you will not take a loss. That is fully secured, uh, paid for. That that stock will be in your portfolio, no matter what happens. Okay, but someone borrowed your stock and sold it short. That's what it sounds like to me. And they're just notifying you that that's what happened, which is kind of nice. A lot of them don't notify you at all, you know, uh, and I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And if someone has, you know, specific knowledge, I'd be love to put you on and let you tell me. But that's what it sounds like to me. Okay, appreciate the call, though. Thanks, Gene. Thank you for the nice compliment, too. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, the work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888 99Chart. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart. 
Hi, this is Will in Baltimore, big uh, fan of the show. I'm looking at a ticker symbol IIPR. I know you've spoken about it before. I've owned it in the past. I sold it last April, and I've been rebuying it the last few months. Uh, it's down a little bit, took a little bit of a uh, nice pop today. Uh, as I'm looking at the numbers, I see the payout ratio is 127% on the dividend. Can you explain how that makes sense that their dividend uh, ratio would be higher than 100%? Um, if you could uh, get that addressed on the show, and uh, I would appreciate it. Thank you. That's a very good question. Uh, this is uh, IIPR, Innovative in, in, uh, Properties. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, targets acquisition of industrial real estate assets and uh, at, are used by gr uh, growing medical use marijuana, cannabis. Okay, um, it's pretty easy if you think about it. You know, you can. You, it's pretty easy. Well, number one, they can borrow money and give you the money. They pay it out to you. So not only are they paying out earnings, remember payout ratios are based on the earnings of the company. If the earning company of the company earns two dollars a share and it pays all that out in the form of a dividend to you, all two dollars, that's a hundred percent payout ratio. Well, how can they pay me more? Two a couple of ways. One is borrow money, as I just said, or they can issue more stocks. They can they can they can uh, uh, issue bonds and pay that out in the form of dividend. So yeah, they can pay more than one hundred percent. But if they do, that should scare you. You want to know why? Remember, a REIT is required, and this is a REIT required to pay ninety percent of their earnings out in the dividend. That's what qualifies them for a REIT, and also they got to be in the real estate market. Um, so you know they're already paying out a huge amount. I wouldn't let it worry you too much. Uh, I really wouldn't, uh, uh, unless they, you know, get in so much debt. And they don't. They don't have a ton of debt. So I don't think I'd worry about that too much. Um, you want to know specifically how where that money came from? You can find that out. But, you know, uh -huh. I mean, the, the five-year range of this P.E. ratio is 8 to 323. And right now it's at 8. So it's, you know, this is a good place to buy it, and you are buying it. So I, I kind of like that. I'm I'm looking at different REITs, and I'm kind of liking some of the ones I see. They have very high yields. This one has 10% yield. So, you know, I kind of like it. Okay, Goldman Sachs says odds of a recession, they, uh, they think, is at 25%. That's down for 35%. They thought just a month or two ago, okay? Uh, so they think the odds of a recession has gone down. Why? They think the banking little collapse by Silicon Bank and Silicon Bank and others, the little banking mini hiccup we had uh, is just that, just a hiccup. Nothing serious to worry about. They also forecast 1.8% GDP growth this year, this year. The consensus is 1.1 or so they they are showing um a little bit they think it's going to be a little better than the consensus uh the fed has risen interest rates 10 consecutive times to five percent right so that is one of the reasons why they feel the economic growth Will will actually slow down from last year, but they don't think it's as slow as what uh, most people, most experts say. So, 
On another note about economic growth, the World Bank downgrades world downgraded world economic growth to 1.77% from 3% six months ago. Okay, that's quite a bit. Uh, that's almost in half. I think that's a pretty big cut. Remember, you're talking about emerging markets and everything else, which have much higher growth than we do here in the United States. And they, you know, that's low. And they think in 2024, it's only going to be 2.7%. So that's pretty significant, everybody. We'll see. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads, as we do every day. You can get our downloads from iTunes, Google Play, Google Play, and Spotify, any one of those three. And if you get it from iTunes, please rate us. We would appreciate that. We're at 53 million downloads. 53 million. Great. Appreciate it. And we want to thank you for that. And remember to follow us on Invest Talk on social media. Invest Talk, two T's, no space. And if you do follow us, you know, we really would appreciate that. Independent thing is share success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.